0: Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle.
2: Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, March 15th. Coming up today... The Fed
1: weighs tougher rules for lenders following the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank.
2: Bank of America rakes in more than $15 billion in deposits after the failure of SVB. TikTok considers splitting away from ByteDance. And investors await reports on inflation and retail sales.
3: The State Department is condemning Russia over the downing of a U.S. drone, plus Ohio suing Norfolk Southern over last. Land- month's train derailment. I'm John Tucker. More ahead.
4: I'm John Stash, Aaron Swartz. The Knicks road trip ended with a win at Portland. The Nets lost at Oklahoma City. The Rangers won. The Devils and Islanders both lost. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts.
2: Good morning, I'm Amy Morris. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here
1: are the stories we're following today. We begin with the continued fallout from the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. Bloomberg News has learned the Federal Reserve is now considering changes to its oversight of mid-sized banks. At the same time, former Fed Vice Chair for Supervision Randall Quarles is downplaying the role of looser rules in SVB's collapse.
4: I think there will be an effort to... uh, push down some of the regulation that currently applies to larger banks down into the smaller banks. I myself think that for the most part, that will probably be a mistake driven by a
5: misunderstanding of what just happened.
1: Randall Quarles served as the Fed's top cop on Wall Street from 2017 to 2020. Well,
2: over the past few days, Amy, we've seen the collapse of SVB and state regulators seize Signature Bank. Despite all of that, Federal Reserve Governor Michelle Bowman says America's banking system remains on steady footing.
1: The U.S. banking system remains resilient and on a solid foundation with strong capital and liquidity throughout the system.
2: Fed Governor Michelle Bowman made the comments at a banking conference in Honolulu.
1: Despite that assessment, some officials want more oversight. Senate Banking Chairman Sherrod Brown is among them. He sees little chance Congress will move to tighten regulations. He's urging the Fed to act unilaterally.
5: Every time uh, the Silicon Valley Bank and the uh, bankers so often come to Congress to weaken rules, too often Congress goes along. And whatever we do here, we're going to strengthen oversight rules.
1: Senate Banking Chairman Sherrod Brown spoke with Joe Matthew and Anne-Marie Hordern on Bloomberg Sound on. Catch the program weekdays from 1 until 3 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio and download Sound on wherever you get your podcasts. Now a key
2: question in the Fed's probe of Silicon Valley Bank, Amy, will be who was managing risk? And we get that part of the story from Bloomberg's Doug Kristner.
5: For much of last year, SVB didn't have a chief risk officer. A 2023 proxy statement shows Laura Izureta stepped down from performing the role in April, although she didn't leave the company until December. It was in December when Kim Olson took the job after serving as chief U.S. risk officer for Sumitomo Mitsui Banking Corporation. Olson was based in New York, across the country from most of the rest of the SVB's top brass. The months-long vacancy has drawn the attention of lawyers who are circling SVB with an eye on bringing shareholder lawsuits. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: Thank you, Doug. When it comes to worries over signature bank, sources say federal prosecutors were already investigating the firm before its seizure by regulators. Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger reports the probe involved the bank's work with crypto clients.
4: People familiar with the matter tell Bloomberg the New York bank was being investigated by Justice Department officials in Washington and Manhattan. The authorities wanted to know whether Signature was taking sufficient steps to detect possible money laundering by clients. Sources say the Securities and Exchange Commission was also looking into the bank's operations. There's been no official comment from any of the agencies or the failed bank. At this point, the bank and its staff are not accused of any wrongdoing. Jeff Bellinger. Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, Jeff. Thanks. Well, it was rebound day for regional banks after the recent carnage on Wall Street. First Republic had its biggest single-day gain ever yesterday, rising 27 percent. PacWest gained a record 34 percent, and Western Alliance Bancorp rose 14
1: percent. While those regional bank shares were falling, short sellers minted more than $2 billion in paper profits in just three days. Trading from Thursday to Monday saw the Spider S&P Regional Banking ETF fall 23 percent, its biggest plunge since 2020.
2: Well, the pain in regional banks is paying big dividends for Bank of America. BFA mopped up more than $15 billion in new deposits in just a matter of days. JPMorgan Chase, Citigroup and Wells Fargo also raked in billions, though the figures have not yet been
1: disclosed. Another major story we're following this morning involves TikTok. We're learning the Chinese company's leadership is discussing the possibility of separating from its parent company, ByteDance. Let's get the latest live with Bloomberg, Steve Rappaport. Good morning, Steve.
6: Good morning, Amy and Karen. Divesting TikTok from its Chinese parent company would be a last resort if the platform's existing proposal with national security officials falls through. That's according to sources who also tell Bloomberg Beijing would ultimately have final say on a split. Congress, the White House, and more than half of U.S. states banned the use of TikTok on government-issued devices. The Senate is taking up legislation for a total ban in the U.S. Live from New York, I'm Steve Rappaport. Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, Steve, thanks. Well, on the economic front, we're coming off a day where consumer prices showed inflation is still an issue. Now we get another pair of key economic reports, and Bloomberg's Michael McKee has the details.
5: Two more reports on producer prices and retail sales will help Fed policymakers decide what still needs to be done to tame inflation and how quickly. A week ago, investors were arguing over whether the central bank should raise interest rates by a quarter or half percentage point. Throw in one banking crisis, and some went so far as to predict rate cuts. The Consumer Price Report out Tuesday showed prices are still rising, however. Today's PPI will offer evidence of inflation in the pipeline, and retail sales will show whether Americans still feel confident about spending money. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: Right, Michael, thank you. And straight ahead, we have your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg.
1: Thank you, Karen. 507 on Wall Street. 36 degrees in New York with partly cloudy skies going up to 45 degrees. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. Good morning, John.
3: Good morning, Amy. A U.S. unmanned aircraft collided with a Russian fighter jet over the Black Sea. The $32 million drone later crashed into the water. U.S. officials claim the Russian pilots made close passes and sprayed fuel onto the drone before the plane struck the drone's rear propeller. State Department spokesman Ned Price.
5: We are engaging directly with the Russians, again at senior levels,
1: uh, to convey our strong objections to this unsafe, unprofessional intercept uh, which caused the downing of the unmanned uh, U.S. aircraft.
3: The State Department's Ned Price went on to call it a brazen violation of international law. Moscow insists its warplanes didn't fire their weapons or hit the drone. The cleanup continues from the nor'easter, north and west of New York City. The governors of New York, New Jersey and Connecticut issued states of emergency yesterday. Some towns in Putnam County, New York are digging out for more than 10 inches of snow. New York lawmakers floating a personal income tax increase for individuals earning more than $5 million and a child tax credit expansion. Lawmakers also pitch raising the current 10.9% tax rate to 11.4% on taxpayers earning more than $25 million. Meanwhile State Senate and Assembly Democrats have pushed back on Governor Hochul's plan to tie the minimum wage to inflation. They say the hourly rate should first be boosted to ensure workers earn a living wage. The deadline for lawmakers in Hokel to agree on the proposed $227 billion state budget is March 31st. Ohio is taking Norfolk Southern to court over last month's train derailment and toxic fire in East Palestine. The state attorney general, Dave Yo, says the lawsuit aims to ensure the railroad pays for the cleanup and environmental damage.
5: This derailment was entirely avoidable, and I'm concerned that Norfolk and Southern uh, may be putting profits for their own company above the health and safety of cities and communities that they operate
3: in. A.G. Yost also plans to force the company to pay for groundwater and soil monitoring in the years ahead. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg.
1: Amy. All right. Thank you, John. Time now for the Sports Report, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. For that, we bring in Bloomberg's John Stash Hour. All right, Amy, Knicks have to be happy to get a split of the four-game road trip
4: considering Jalen Brunson only played a half of one game. Emmanuel quickly has started in Brunson's place, and in Portland, he scored 28 points, at 10 rebounds. Knicks went from down 13 to up 19. They beat the Blazers 123-107. They sit fifth in the East, game ahead of the Nets, who ended their trip with Oklahoma City. He got outscored by 24 in the second half, and OKC won Mikel Bridges led Brooklyn with 34. The Garden Rangers with a three-goal first period, two by Mika Zibanejad. He's up to 34 goals on the year. The new Ranger, Patrick Kane, scored on the power play. Blue Shirts beat Washington 5-3. Devils lost to Tampa Bay 4-1. Same two teams play again in Newark tomorrow. Islanders lost in L.A. 5-2. Kings with four goals in a 10-minute span of the second period. NCAA Tournament's underway. Pitt with a one-point win over Mississippi State. Tonight in Dayton, Fairleigh Dickinson takes on Texas Southern, who's got a record of 10-16. and 16. FDU got into the NCAAs despite losing the NEC Tourney Final to Merrimack, who's new to Division I and not yet eligible for the NCAAs. NIT, Seton Hall lost by one at Colorado. Hofstra beat Rutgers in overtime. The Giants traded a third-round draft pick to the Raiders for tight end Darren Waller. The Jets signed free agent whiteout Alan Lazard. Will that lead to acquiring Lazard's teammate at Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers? Perhaps, but hasn't happened yet. Veteran QB Andy Dalton signed with Carolina. The Colts expect to release quarterback Matt Ryan. I'm Stash Allen Bloomberg
5: Sports. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time.
4: Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on SiriusXM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: Good morning. I'm Amy Morris, and we continue to track the fallout after the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. Turns out we're seeing some larger banks benefit, but there's more going on here, too. We're joined now by Bloomberg Finance reporter Jenny Serain. Jenny, it's a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time. What is going on with Bank of America?
6: Yeah, that was the big news yesterday was that they've actually soaked up more than 15 billion in deposits, um, in the aftermath of, of SVB's, uh, collapse last week. So you're really seeing, you know, these bigger banks, um, see just a huge influx of customers as they, you know, seek, um, you know, more stable and, uh, uh, more, I guess, reliable banking partners during this time. So customers are
1: then saying, we don't want to deal with mid-sized banks anymore, we want to find a bank that's too big to fail? (laughs)
6: Yeah, that's that's one way of putting it. Um, I mean, I I think this really did spook a lot of folks. And and it's, you know, in a time where it's hard to know, um, you know, exactly what the stability of your banking partner is, folks do tend to go with the biggest uh, players. And so, I think that is one thing that regulators and and outside experts are worried about, that this will cause this kind of flight to quality in a way um, and just make these big banks even bigger.
1: Are there any other banks that are seeing an upside? I know Bank of America is the big headline.
6: Yeah, no, we've actually heard from a lot of other banks, you know, Citigroup, JPMorgan Chase, Wells Fargo, also seeing really, really big inflows right now. So I think it's it's across the board, um, but we do have that, you know, hard number for Bank of America, $15 billion, just to give us kind of a sense of the scale of the, the increase that these guys are seeing.
1: So what are some of the regulators doing now to make sure this doesn't happen again?
6: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, um, years and years ago, back in, um, 2018, 2019 time frame, we saw a big rolling back of regulation for these mid-sized banks and, and a lot of folks in the past few days have really been pointing to that time frame and, and those moves by regulators as what sort of got us here today. Um, back then, you know, they said, okay, for, the regional banks of SVB's size, they no longer need to think about these um, losses in the securities portfolio as part of their capital. Um, They did a few other things to kind of lessen the load for these guys. And and so, a lot of folks have been wondering, you know, if that hadn't happened, would we be where we are today? And and so, I think that's what regulators are really looking at and and looking to try to answer for folks and and looking at ways that maybe they can um, undo some of what they did just, just a few years ago.
1: I wondered about that, Jenny. There is a debate now over whether they need to enforce the regulations that are still are already in place or if they do need to claw back and get more of those regulations back from the 2018-2019 time frame. What are you hearing? There's a lot of finger pointing here.
6: Yeah, it's definitely, um, I think, as you might imagine, in D.C. especially, it's become something of a blame game. You know, you've got Democrats on one side saying, oh, this was happening under Trump when he, you know, encouraged the rollback of all these different regulations. You've got Republicans on the other side saying, no, this all happened under Biden's watch and his regulators weren't, you know, they were asleep at the wheel. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that. um, and, and, And you know, totally expected in some ways. But um, but I do think you see regulators really digging in here and looking for ways to make sure that something like this really doesn't happen again.
1: So how is this bound to factor into the Fed's decision next week,
6: or will it? I know. I think that's a really important question and one we're trying to track very closely. I mean, I think um, the one interesting aspect of all of this is, you know, with these big, big banks, this huge influx of deposits, um, it really has taken away the pressure for them to pass on some of the Fed rate hikes to their customers. You know that was something we really thought we'd start seeing this year, and so it's already, um, you know, you're already seeing some of the ways that this, you know, transmission mechanism from Fed rate hikes is already starting to break down. So um, I think it will. There's no way it won't factor in, but um, hard to say exactly how this might shake out.
1: Has the dust settled? Is another shoe going to drop?
6: Uh, that's what we're watching. So, you know, I think it's hard to say. We've had Moody's come out with a lot of more, um, you know, putting a lot more banks on, on ratings uh, downgrade watch. Um, they actually downgraded the entire sector yesterday. So it feels like the rating agencies at least think there's more to come. Um, but regulators, they, they really tried to bring the full force of the federal government to bear on Sunday. And so I think they're hoping this is contained for now. But um, but no, you've got, you've got folks on different sides of the aisle on that one.
1: Before we let you go, Jenny, about a half a minute here, what are you watching for in
6: the next few days? I mean, I think we're really paying attention to some of these regional banks that had a really high ratio of uninsured deposits, because those are the folks that might start to see a, a real big pickup in, um, in deposit play. And, and that was really what prompted the, the failure of SVB on Friday. So, I think um, that's what we're mostly looking for, looking for any signs that, that you're seeing a big um, um, outflows. Um, and beyond that, you know, just continuing to track what goes on with SVB. You know, there's been reports out there that the FDIC has started the auction for that for those assets, so we'll see how it all shakes out, but there's still um, a lot of moving pieces here.
1: You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond.
2: Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also
1: listen live each morning, starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco.
2: Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices.
1: Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Amy Morris. And I'm Karen
2: Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak.
5: Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka.
4: And I'm Skip Bronson.